Hello everybody and welcome to part two of Days of Red Stars Past, a new class. This is the second half of a conversation that Sandra and I had with John Halloran about 2015 and where they started, where they're going, because um, it was a big transitionary year for the club. So in this part of the episode, we talk through a game in August of 2015 between the Red Stars and the Western New York Flash. But as the second half of, of these kinds of conversations tend to go, it turned into sort of a larger reflection on the way Chicago plays, their place in the league, um, some of Kristen Press's legacy, some of that legacy going into the 2015 semifinal, which was a huge stepping stone for them. Um, and we just talk a little bit too about what the Red Stars sort of meant to, to us at the time, um, because this was the first big wave after the 2015 World Cup. Um, so this is, a, this is a happy episode and we hope you guys enjoy. Yeah, no, I, I know we're going to jump ahead into uh, into August. So there's, we're kind of <laughs> fast forwarding here for you guys really, really quickly. But yeah, it wasn't, thank you for that, John. It was really important, I think, to note that kind of stuff because these these players in particular, they really helped sort of sustain and carry the Red Stars through that time and sort of kept them relevant really in a World Cup year and in a league that was still really being dominated by, at the time, Seattle Reign FC right. and Laura Harvey and her squad, RIP to that team in branding. Um, they were just on on a tear and on a right. run those those early early years. And they were all really... up for rookie of the year too. Do you remember that at the end? Yes, like all Dan, three of Danny them. Colaprico, Gillen, and and, and Sofia were they yeah. all up for for rookie of the year and ended up going to to Colaprico, But they all absolutely made a case. They also um, made one very good piece of content together where they uh, were oh, the living together. Yeah, I yes, forgot the about cribs, that. the Chicago it's Red like Stars cribs, some weird townhouse. It yeah. looked like in it suburban was, it was a free, It was a freestanding structure, which is insane insane to me i don't know where they we should ask them where they the lived in it 2015 because like it was, it was not the city of chicago, chicago. Yeah. yeah that was lyle or oak brook yeah. They used to practice. Um, yeah yeah they truly showed that they were real ones they fell in love with chicago land <laughs> land first, first. Yeah, before exactly. they really were and then they moved to the, the city, city and they're like oh this is much better <laughs> yeah um yeah, yeah i mean the one thing the one thing i want to say before we before we move on because the, the next game we're going to talk about is, like, interesting in a number of ways. But I do just want to say, personally, that the 2015 World Cup is what – so for a long time, I, I I mean, I love women's soccer, but, like, what's there to commit to, right? Because, like, WSA, out of here. WPS, dead, right? So I didn't really know about the NWSL until 2015, um, and I was reminded upon watching these games – I have this theory um, as a person who likes music a lot that – part of the reason that that people have trouble with new albums from their favorite bands is that the feeling of falling in love with an album and a band at the same time is overpowering because the first time you hear a record, it's the first time hearing that band. And so that in and of itself becomes a difficult thing to beat. And for me watching the 2015 red stars again, I was like, yeah, like this was the team. I didn't know who the red stars were on May 2nd, 2015. I did know who they were after the World Cup, and it was really fun. I was surprised what a thrill it was to go back and be like, yeah, this is the, this is the debut record. This is the, the moment I heard the Red Stars for the first time. And that was great because there were parts of – were they perfect? No. And we'll talk about this as we talk about the tail end of 2015, but there was such exciting stuff about this team in 2015. They were young. They were talented. 
it was like, there was so much potential there. And I think it would have felt different to be coming on to this wave um, for a team that was more established or less established. It was like, it was right as they were just like hitting this trajectory. Um, And it was so exciting. And so I was watching that May 2nd game and I was just like, damn, this is the team that I completely like like, that I fell in love with. And I've, I've enjoyed every iteration since, but um, that 2015 team, there was some really special stuff happening there um, that, you know, we've seen since, but it was its own special brand. So I just wanted to say that before we jump into the next game. No, it's, yeah, it's important to say that because, because of the jump that we're doing when we're, when we're recapping these games for you guys, we're sort of doing them by theme again, and we're also doing them by kind of eras and stuff like that. So uh, you're talking about double digit type of games. The league went from, what was it like 12 games to like 20 games in a span of, you know, so you're talking a wide variety of games and we're really just sort of trying to pick really the best games that we want to try to diagnose and analyze and sort of pick apart and go through. And so we're jumping from, from May in 2015, you know, pre world cup all the way to August post world cup where these players all come back. uh, These international players all come back and a good handful of them are world cup champions. And another handful of them are making names for themselves in this still very new and very young women's, Pro League, and it was really nice to have all of those things sort of come together for them to kind of maybe push for another, well, the first really kind of home, like NWSL home playoff uh, that will eventually get to that. But for now, not in today. This, uh, not today, guys. You know, this, can I add something with what Claire was saying, though? Yeah, that, yeah of course. Experience of like the. 2015 realization is you can see that in the crowd in this game like there's nobody watching this game Mm -hmm. and then uh, six weeks later after the u.s has won the world cup they sell ben U out three games in a row and the only reason that streak ended was because they hosted like a tuesday afternoon game or something uh, bizarre but like that was one of those moments i was like watershed like this is going to be a transition moment it's part of the reason why this season getting delayed is so sad because it felt like we were in one of those moments still um but that that's what this was this was like right before this big turning point yeah yeah riding the the waves of momentum is so big yeah i mean it is women's soccer yeah, and it's interesting as a person who came in during a World Cup year who realized that this league existed during a World Cup year that um, I think for us who have been doing this for a while, you look at, you know, this was happening in 2019 and, and you know, t- you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think probably at least 50% of the current Chicago Red Stars fans came in last year. And, and that's okay because this league is still so young, but I think you do have these milestones. You have 2019 – you have 2015, 2016 didn't go so great. Um, but also it's, it's, it, it sucks that like the, the, you know, momentum of this league depends on the U S winning soccer games, but, um, in a little bit, you get burnt too many times. And so you're like, eh, I don't know. Does this exist? I got to focus on other stuff. And then the U S wins the world cup and you're like, this isn't, this can't, it's too big, too big to stop. Um, and so, yeah, it, 
it's it's amazing it's it's cool it's cool that um you have so many people discovering this through these large events um and yeah it's hard for me to it's hard for me to get too upset about 1700 people for a game at the time i had no idea the team was even here <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're like uh, was i part uh, of the problem i was not there Question yeah mark? right <laughs> yeah it's like one of those things it's like a real like look at yourself in the mirror kind of moments yeah no yeah. Uh, i'm here for it i'm here for us uh speaking personally to this kind of stuff uh, i think that's what makes us different here at Southside trap podcast we're going to talk about how the team makes us feel sometimes versus that's right uh analyzing stuff like that and um i'm excited to still be talking about the players just yes in this game but you know a number of these players are gonna you know still be part of this team moving forward when we start getting into the other thematic yeah. episodes you know so right. I'm, I'm looking forward to that and this august game on the 29th this this was an away game guys they they headed off to uh rochester good old western new york yeah to take this... on the Flash in Shannon Stadium. We're not here to talk about the Hot Dog Stadium, guys. We're here to talk about the Chicago Red Stars. Let's get into these starting lineups. Chicago Red Stars on this day lined up as followed against wa- the Western New York, the Washington <laughs> Western New York, the Western New York Flash. Can only handle one W. The Washington. Right now. New the Washington New flash. up there on the East Coast Flash team. Michelle Dodden wasn't that guys. Excited to talk about that. Ooh, Aaron yeah. Gillen, Abby Ersig, Julie Johnson, and Taryn Hemmings were the back line on this day. Danny Colaprico, Adriana Leon, Vanessa DiBernardo, uh, Sophia Huerta, and Kristen Press rounding out that starting 11. Guys, before we show Western New York Flash some love, what did you think of that lineup when you saw it or heard it just now? Uh, that's about, honestly, that's about how they start in the semifinal, isn't it? <laughs> oh, man, it's pretty, pretty dang close, basically. Yeah. I would say outright accurate on that yeah. one. No, you so can much- definitely feel that that is probably, I mean, it. what I'm saying, though, is that like that's probably the choice postseason lineup. So what's in New York? <laughs> Before we really get get into that, yeah. gotta show them some love. Uh, Chantel Jones started in net for them. You had uh, Kristen Edmonds, Winnie Ingen, Abby Dalkemper, Jalen Hinkle, Becky Edwards, Haley Matu, Ayinde, Jasmine Spencer, Sam Mewis, Michelle Heyman, and Lady Andrade. Lady fucking Andrade, dude. Yes, Lady, yes, Lady Andrade, just rounding out this uh, starting eleven. I was so excited. Yeah, uh, to see that. I was like, yes, this is what I'm talking about. And we're like, look yeah. at these names. Dude, that's uh, like peak that 2015 too. Cause she, she like hit the highlight reel in during the world cup and she was doing all this crazy shit. And I think she like punched Carly Lloyd in the face or something. And then, yep. uh, or Abby, I think it was Abby Wambach. Oh, she punched, Abby, she punched Wambach. Abby Wambach in the face. In the face. Yeah. And people were like, that's the energy that we need in the NWSL. And she immediately yes. signed a contract with the Western New York flash. It was fantastic. Yeah. I'm absolutely here for it. It was some real, like, not today colonizer stuff. Yeah. It was good. I appreciated it. And, uh, yeah, but, like, looking at some of these names, again, I'm bo- on both sides of the pitch. Uh, and, again, looking back on these games in general and, like, during these eras, like, 
watching these games that we watched from the 2014 era going into this 2015 era and like going through those draft classes and looking at these names and like seeing what the NWSL actually encompasses like today, these players within these two eras, they just like really built up what we know as NWSL today. We see so many of these players throughout these games who still are existing and like, helping the league sustain itself it's crazy that players it's crazy that this is basically the 2019 final you know it's like the core of the team is the same yeah it's so wild for both of them yeah i didn't realize oh sorry go ahead yeah no no no. i was gonna like help us transition a little bit like because some of the again the the this wasn't a local game so we got a a, a new treat in a different announcing team it was still a local broadcast but just for Rochester. in western new york flash polos i know yeah. they Literally both yeah the announcement in team gear yeah like like full on like which, full which on. yeah i was gonna say just to just to like clarify is not usually allowed you're supposed to be impartial <laughs> when you do broadcasts pretend, right? yeah right of course the last time i was on we were talking about arnhem doing the broadcast so this is yeah. early day these are still growing pains guys yeah not, even though the United States came back as World Cup champions. And I appreciate it. Again, we got some some buildup into this game, talking about what it means on both sides of the ball. The Red Stars uh, entered in this on this day with this game, having clinched the playoff spot, but home field advantage was still in play. Uh, there were three teams at the time who were all tied for second place. And there was something to play for still. On, on There was something on the line still for the Red Stars in, in this match in, in particular. Winning? Winning mainly, and also we got to see these fun uh, pinstripe jerseys. I liked those; those yeah, were fun. They were good. I, I mean, I was like, it's look at those baseball jerseys. It's lucky, honestly, that the Chicago Red Stars have never had a bad jersey. That like one of the jerseys lost to time is a super solid vertical pinstripe. Like that's yeah. cool. I like that. Um, yeah, Absolutely. I, I mean, what the the Red Stars were on a six game winless streak. Yeah, they had not won in a long time, yeah. which meant since again this is the early era like of the Red Stars. So, so that means when we say winless, it means either a loss or a draw or a draw. That's what the Red Stars did. They drew a lot of games back right. in the day, uh, but the Red Stars and their World Cup champions came back to go on this sort of winless streak and they went into Rochester with all these different scenarios and these things to play for on the line. And these, the rookies ended up getting the start in this game because at this point they were fully integrated into the team. You want to talk about yep. uh, sort of showing your hand, right. In terms of your starting lineup and going with the players who are playing well at the time or at the moment. And we saw that a lot in this game. And it was cool to see the players come back, the United States national team players sort of come back and integrate themselves back into this team and sort of all come together to put on this performance uh, on this day. And uh, we're eventually going to have an episode that's dedicated to this. And I think this is a good game to talk about this specific player because Kristen Press during this game. Oh, my God. Yeah, and I don't want to get into this too much because actually I think I think probably the better thing to do is to talk about it right now in the context of, of 2015, um, which is that you had a very young group of players. You had the 2015 draft class in their first year. You had the 2014 draft class in their second year. Um, this was a developing team. They were learning things. Every time they played a game, they were learning something new. And 
you had Kristen Press, who was a little further ahead in her development, should we say. Um, and so you saw some disconnect a little bit in, in this game. And, and I think this is an ongoing conversation that you have to have with this era of the Red Stars, which is that Kristen Press was ready for a lot. And she helped develop, you know, you know, she was a huge leader on the field for them. And, and at this moment you had a ton of technical talent on the red stars, but they, and it's a testament to them actually in this game versus Western New York, because Western New York also had a ton of young technical players, but they weren't even, even able to put it together in the way that Chicago was in this year. Um, but you could see sometimes that in, well, I, I am looking, I am actually genuinely looking forward to talking about Kristen Press a lot because I have a, a lot of thoughts about this. But um, for now, in this game, you saw a team that was, that had done really well during this World Cup break. All of the World Cup players come back and suddenly Chicago's in kind of uncertain waters and Kristen Press pretty much just like completely took over this game. Uh, and yes. it was it was indicative of where the red stars were in this season, but also just indicative of her and and what she meant for that team. And I don't want to talk too much because we're going to talk about this later, but um, people who think that Kristen press was only starting to do the things she did in 2019 in 2019 uh, should go back and watch some of those old games because uh, she's been doing this for a long time. You guys, she's been doing it. She's been doing it for, a while and it was really dope to see her doing this with such a young team because she was you know obviously she was a young player while she was with the rest she of herself but, yeah right but the players that she was playing with were newly out of college like just learning and establishing themselves how to be professionals you're talking about players who had had what one maybe one professional season under the belt or at the very least literally just that current season a handful of games right and to watch that happening on this day on this pitch because we'll go and sort of transition and talk about these rookies in particular right that we've been talking about during this episode Danny Colaprico I thought had another amazing game during this match and I know you mentioned about like the angles of the gifts that I do and part of it's so hard for me to get maybe through this game in just 90 minutes because I'm always going back and finding these moments recording them and and stuff like that and Sandra's got the best gifts in the game by the way (laughs) there's like it's the moments that people care about yeah it's I think those moments are important there's like they are that Danny Colaprico just retains possession of a ball she just bodies yeah somebody off the ball and it's like it's a solid 50 50 ball yeah saw that and you're talking about a player that's five feet question mark yeah and it's going up against a player who's taller than her. And it's a solid 50-50 ball, and it can really go either way. And she just maneuvers and bodies this person off the ball so that she retains his ball. And I, I loved it. I thought uh, Sofia Huerta and her her movement and her play off of the ball during this match is what yeah. really helped and allowed yeah. Chris Key. to sort of roam yeah. free. Got a lot of it space. like yep. so much space for her to utilize. It just She was just dragging that yeah. back line. Well, and it of the space that she was given and, it, and john i want to bring you in on this because yeah. what's been going on in this game is the wrestlers are fully immersed and dedicated within their 4-4-2 diamond yep this season. 
Yeah, John, talk about the four four two a little bit. And I need you to talk about this era of Red Stars and this four four two shit kicking diamond. Well, can you guys help me out? When did they? I can't remember when they transitioned out. Was it when Kerr? It no, it was Morgan Bryan. It was Morgan Bryan. Morgan Bryan. Halfway through twenty eighteen. Yep. Okay, so they were still playing that with her in the at the beginning of they Kurt, had well, they had nagasato they had nagasato at the top of the diamond okay yeah right. it, felt, it was like a more it was like a faux four four two and it was like maybe like a yeah four yeah two three when one, they when they had was, to kick they had to kick di bernardo out left yeah remember yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway they did the back in these for days, a yeah. long time well i think a lot league. of that originally was was geared towards kind of what we talked about last episode, which was that Chicago didn't have a lot of talent at first. Mm -hmm. They didn't, their allocated players, like for whatever reason, actually weren't in market. So I think when LaPelbit was Chicago's allocated player was the year she had knee surgery and then box had a similar situation. And then I think was pregnant. And so press was really like the first real legit player that right. they had and so i think that 442 was was really out one out of necessity because you're just going to try to pack the middle and try to fight for a zero zero maybe a one one draw but i also think it had to do with benedictine too so i think it was really like a strategy that was built on home games and that that turf field that we talked a little bit about but um it's interesting because you don't see teams do it. It's a very, uh, it's similar in a way to what North Carolina has done the past few years with their box midfield, which is that it's a setup that most teams don't use. Almost every team plays, you know, uh, a four, four, two, a four, two, three, one, a four, three, three, you know, and, and those um, systems are all very similar, but a diamond or a box midfield are very unique systems. And um, I think that is part of what helped Chicago throw teams off when they didn't quite have the talent, I think, to play straight up. Not playing straight up does actually seem to be, I think that's an interesting conversation when it comes to the development of tactics in the women's game of there's a lot of, because there are such wild disparities in talent, I think you see a lot more people putting strategies together that are not based on playing the game. They don't want to play the game. Playing the game is losing the game. That's kind of the way people even talk about North Carolina. Now you play with them, you're going to get stopped. You're going to lose. Yeah. Um, And, and I, and I think that Chicago, and we talked about this a lot in the 2019 season, even as it was happening, which was that, there are some growing pains that come from deciding you want to play the game. (laughs) And um, this is again, you know, not saying anything against what Chicago had to do in the past, but yeah, the four, four, two was really who they were. And I thought, I think in retrospect, it's interesting too, because for a long time, people thought that that was all Rory Dames could do. Um, And you know, we've yet to, you know, we'll see that play out in the future. But um, when you think about the personnel, it made a lot of sense at the time. Well, let me ask you both of you guys this. Tell me who, other than Huerta, who has been an impact wide player over the 
the various seasons for Chicago. Uh, oh, so Vanessa Di Bernardo doesn't count. <laughs> she's not a wide player. <laughs> yeah, let's say also we can't say good old D Burn. Um, uh, Steph McCaffrey for three weeks in 2016. Okay, so the yeah. fact that two of the people who are most well versed <laughs> on Chicago and its history struggle with that question tells you why <laughs> Michelle Vasconcelos for four weeks in 2019. Right? Yeah, right. So now you know why Chicago doesn't tend to play with wide formations because right. even 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 the past year and a half where they've played this 4-3-3 with Nagasato out on that wide left position like Yuki's great but Yuki is not a winger right it's like kind of what they had to do to make it work right and so I think a lot of this has been born out of necessity okay uh- uh, this is this is truly the weakest counterpoint of all time but <laughs> uh i thought aaron wright had a really good game out wide when they were playing on a baseball field in 2019 hey maybe you know and you know why because she was able to tap in yeah to those days like, went out there. Which she was like had to just go on up there and just play at a narrow field yeah. she was like i can i know this these dimensions yeah. aren't rough and <laughs> Um, uh, sorry guys, yeah. we know you're here to listen to 2015 and we're sorry, going sorry, off, sorry, but sorry. we're going to, we're going to bring all you guys back in. This is why we're never having John on the podcast ever again. <laughs> pretty, pretty much. He just wreaks chaos wherever he goes. Uh, Michelle Dalton, this game. Oh, yeah. Um, why you, why you gotta be like that, Claire? Uh, <laughs> listen, listen, like I said, I love the Red Stars that I came into with. Michelle Dalton was the starting goalkeeper for that team. Um, they, she wasn't, she wasn't, she wasn't bad. You know what I mean? Like it's not because Michelle Dalton is is an unfortunate uh, player in the history of this team. In that Karina LeBlanc's career was essentially over after the World Cup. And they didn't have another starting goalkeeper. So they played Michelle Dalton and she legitimately, she was like solid in this game. She, she had, she yeah. was a solid goal. A couple good saves. She's yeah. just yeah. not a starting goalkeeper in the NWSL. And so she was asked to do something that was unfair and therefore got exposed in ways that were also unfair. Um, and so I would say that the thing that I appreciate about Michelle Dalton is that she wore capris and she covered her knees. It's <laughs> a thing that all goalkeepers should do, honestly. The because thing they're, that we appreciate. About they're Michelle down Thompson. in there on the ground and they should, they should cover their knees. That's the thing we appreciate about Michelle Dalton here on the Southside Chair Podcast is her goalkeeper fashion. It's not her fault what happened with her. It, it was... Chicago was legitimately in between goalkeepers and they went and got Alyssa Nair, but it just, it, yeah, I don't know. It, it was tough. Well, but you know, too, if I remember correctly, they played a game out in Portland late in the year where, um, where LeBlanc, where they were kind of rotating back and forth and they right. had played LeBlanc and she had a big yeah. mistake or maybe two big mistakes. So they went back to Dalton and then, of course, right. and I know you guys haven't gotten there yet, but the semifinal game, right. know, she made a couple of big, big mistakes. Right. And, and that was, you know, unfortunately kind of how her, her Chicago career basically, yeah. right. it didn't end there because she did play in 2016, but right. it wasn't the same. 
that's not why this they lost the 2015 to Nair, too. Right. right. Because this is the, in the offseason is when he trades Ersig for Engen and then flips Engen to Boston for Nair. Uh, so. John, we haven't gotten there yet. Sorry. So, but yes, no, you're right. No, but you're right. You, no, no, Chicago goes through 2015 without a clear starting goalkeeper, but then they fix that. Um, I think, I think this it, is I why, think though, this, this, the semifinal game, I think, is what revealed, like, right. oh, wait, right. we're not good enough there. Right. And I think it, in this, is, in this moment. Because she was so good in this game. Right? I was going to say, in this moment, so in this particular game, in this, again, in the buildup to this game, like how they went on this winless streak and there was a series of draws and maybe a, a loss here or there, uh, she was showing, I think, at the time, her ability to be able to make a save, right? Mm-hmm. And I think during this time in this era of the Red Stars, that's really what you kind of had to go with when you had the the goalkeepers that you had on your team. Right. And in this game in particular, she came up with a number of saves. I mean, there was a yep. good save that she has, you know, when she's her, her vision is blocked. Yeah. Um, and it was actually on this really good save that she had in which a counter takes place. And that's ultimately what leads to Kristen Press's beauty of a goal. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, right. And, Claire, I'm actually going to let you talk about that goal because you love talking about Kristen Press. <laughs> um, Me too, but I, I want to hear you do it. Yeah, so there are a couple interesting things happening in, in, in this goal, which is the um, – so this is this is Press and Huerta working side by side, and, and a thing that Western New York was doing really well was they were catching Huerta in a, in a trap. They were catching her offside a lot in this game, um, and that was by design. They were trying to hold a high line. They were trying to keep her – from from getting space and so there was a bit of I do think there was a little bit of a frustration in that connection in this game um so what happens is that there is there's a quick counter off of an offensive play from Western New York they kick the ball up Kristen Press gets the ball I don't know maybe 10 yards from halfway line she sees Huerta making a run so she's on the right side of the field she's moving to her left she sees Huerta making a run to to her right and what Press decides to do instead of feeding that ball, and we'll talk about feeding the ball because she does it to Jen Hoy later, but she instead she says, okay, so they're drawing. So, so Huerta draws a lot of people running right. Vanessa Di Bernardo is making a run to her left. So she's got two players making viable runs on either side. And basically, you know, in those decisions, you can be like, okay, I'm either going to feed either of these players or I'm going to use the space myself. And Kristen Press does something insane. <laughs> she basically, she, she runs to her left and, and we'll talk about this more when we talk about Kristen Press. There's a way that Kristen Press runs. She runs with her hands out in front of her in a way that completely kind of solidifies her, her center of gravity. And she has Chris, she has Whitney Angen try to make a run at her. It doesn't work. She moves to the left of Whitney Angen. She's got Abby Dahlkemper further to her right. I believe it's Kristen Edmonds on the other side of her. And basically what Kristen Press does is she runs to the center of the box, running to her left, stops her entire momentum on a dime, shifts the ball over to her right foot, and then just sends the perfect ball over to the, to the right goalpost. It slides right in. I believe the broadcasters don't actually realize it's a goal right away because it's so close. It just kind of curves into the goal. Um, Chantel Jones doesn't get a chance to even put her hands out. She just kind of makes a run at it, and then it's over. Um, it's, it was beautiful. It's a really good goal. It's a really good goal. You know what kind of goal it was? 
It was a Kristen Press, what did you do gold? Right. Press did run shit with the Red Stars, and she yeah. did it in this game. Red Stars went into halftime up a goal, feeling good, feeling great with the stuff that they were playing for online. And in second half, they went ahead and made a halftime sub. Well, in the 56th minute, they brought on Jen Hoy for Adriana Leon. And Jen Hoy plays in this game and gets herself a goal. Gets on the end of a ball, puts it away. Julie Ertz actually is the originator of this yeah, goal. We right. want to talk about, like, we already shouted out the goal uh, Casey Short had in 90th minute stoppage time just last season. But it felt a little like the vibe was similar for me on this goal as well. She because trucking up the field. Julie Johnson said, <laughs> yeah. buckle up, losers. Uh-huh, we're going to go score a goal. Go score a goal. Uh-huh. And uh, it happens. So she, she makes a run. She actually finds Kirsten Press. And, of course, Kristen Price, doing what she does with all the room that she's been given this match, ran, served a good ball to Oi. And, uh, you know, Jen Hoy, shout out to her, man. She made a great shot at a kind of a difficult angle, and she ended up getting nailing this goal far post. And the Red Stars found themselves up 2-0, uh, sort of in the uh, 65th minute there. And they kind of just sort of closed things out for, for the rest of the match. Kristen Price was still able to – run shit basically you know get a lot of good possession on the ball doing stuff and Sofia Huerta at one point lost the shin guard that was kind of fun to see she threw like a little bit of a little bit of yeah. hard tackle uh Abby Yersig went ahead and got a nice late yellow in the game and that was a nice memory and I'm like oh that's right Abby Yersig did do that for the Red Stars uh what a time guys what a time what an era for the Red Stars they ended up closing out uh, the season with the draw at Toyota Park because again we're riding the momentum of the World Cup and uh, they were able to get sort of a really nice turnout in that sort of regular like final regular season uh, home game and uh, sort of get a taste of what it would be like to play in that facility uh, as they went on to host uh, a semifinal in 2015 but uh, yeah a new class is what we labeled this particular theme episode. And uh, it definitely was. It definitely was a new class. And uh, it's good stuff to come. Yeah. I um, I think that, yeah, 2015 was very exciting for a lot of reasons. Um, obviously, there was that pivot with the fan base and, and they're getting ready. They don't even necessarily know it yet, but they're getting ready to make the move to Toyota Park. And the soccer the soccer that they're playing in 2015 versus the year before is just night and day. It's not the same. Um, and it's also just like the beginning of Chicago becoming the perennial contender. This is, and, and it's also interesting too, in the context of that home semifinal in 2019, which is that this is the season 2015 is the season where they put it together and they got a home semifinal. Um, and you still don't quite feel that people are talking about Chicago in the way they're talking about some of the other teams at the top of the league. They don't quite understand that they're just like, oh, Chicago's not going away. <laughs> this is not a new thing. You know, it's, it, this is a thing that's going to that's gonna last. And, um, yeah, it's not all quite there, but it's good. It's, it's exciting. It, it feels like the beginning of something, and that kind of plays out in the years years uh years to come um people feel like that though i or at least i feel like that that people feel like 
Chicago's kind of like this plucky little engine that could, but not really a good soccer team. You know, there's, I don't know. I just right. feel like there's level of. That's sweet of them. Disrespect's too strong, but I was thinking more like condescension might be yeah. a better word. Like, it's almost like you, you get the same, you get the same impression with like, I'm trying to think of a, a good example, but anytime you have a physical team winning games over yeah. the team playing quote unquote pretty soccer, yeah, there's a way of like looking down your nose at the physical team. And I think that's kind of how people have looked at Chicago over the past four or five years. And Rory has a certain style to coaching and right. obviously certain people don't like it. And so I think that probably rubs people the wrong way. And I think the fact that, that, Chicago doesn't play in like a Seattle rain, FCKC, knock it around, 20 passes type of style. It bothers purists, I think. Right. But can I, but this is also kind of the Kristen Press thing though, right? Which is that when she played for Chicago, when she played for Chicago, people were not talking about her the way that they talk about her right now. I will say, I, I love the fact that you guys picked this this New York Flash game because of all the goals she scored in Chicago, there are three or four that are just seared into my memory, and this was one of them. It's it, it's insane. She and Iconic. the thing is, is it's not like she did that to some scrubs. She did that, <laughs> that to Engen Whitney Angen and Abby Dolkemper. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yes. Yep. Well, guys, if you wanted to record all of the Days of Red Stars past series episodes in one night, <laughs> we should have planned better. Yeah. But I'm really happy that we got to focus at least 70%. Um, guys, talking about the Chicago Red Stars is uh, honestly getting me through this time. And it's helping a lot. And I am very happy to be able to do that with my friends, homies, and colleagues, the two of you. Me too. I'm, I'm looking forward to documenting some more Red Stars history and putting it on tape, putting it yeah. on audio for the good people out there who are also looking for some things to help them get through this time. So, Claire, to start our outro, where can the good people find you and your work, and how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, um... I mean, honestly, truly, I, I just, I think I just have to keep encouraging people to subscribe to the Patreon, even if it's just $2 a month. Um, that's where a lot of this work goes, you know, now more than ever. Um, still doing stuff, you know, for Equalizer on occasion. Um, and then, yeah, just follow me on Twitter, I guess it's Scout Ripley, but you know, we're going to keep doing kind of what we're doing, but it's, it's going to be like for the community that we have. And that community is definitely most being fostered um, at the Southside Trap Patreon. So just have to encourage people to find us there. John. Uh, I, (laughs) where am I at? I, uh, you know, yeah, obviously I write mostly for the equalizer also American soccer now. And uh, I am at John D Halloran on Twitter. You guys, make sure you follow Claire and John and their work. It's tremendous. It makes me feel good. And I'm very fortunate, lucky, and proud to call them friends, homies, and colleagues. If you want to follow me and my shenanigans, you can do that on Twitter at Sandarrera underscore. That's H-E-R-R-E-R-A 
underscore. But I'm in agreement with Claire. We're trying to put together some work here and help foster and continue and carry on the community that's growing here and around Chicago and Red Stars culture. And uh, it's a very, I don't want to say it's a scary or, you know, whatever type of time. It's a very ever-changing time, for sure. That is for sure. And uh, we're just all trying to do our best to to be there for everyone. And that includes this content and the stuff that we are rolling out for Southside Trap. So please continue your support of Southside Trap and follow us on Patreon. Uh, we've been writing some content for you guys. Claire wrote a really good piece recently uh, about soccer I'm and the sad. Red Stars. <laughs> About being about sadness because it's a real thing. People are sad about things right yeah, now. And you know right. what? That's just outright relatable. And if that's something that you can relate to, you should check that out. Um, I've got a wellness check-in for you guys where we talk a little bit about uh, what's going on. And honestly, I don't think anyone can understand or relate better than Claire or I about all of the uncertainty in this time. And we are aware that there are some of our subscribers who have had to make some choices yeah. and make some decisions when it comes to things in regards to their finances or things like that. And we just want to let you know, we hear you, we feel you and yeah. we understand 100% and we're going to still be here and keep doing what we're doing. Yep. And we hope that when you're ready, you'll come back and join us. And some of you out there have been amazing and actually changed your pledges to like help support us. And that is wonderful. And we are overwhelmed with like gratitude for that. So, so thank you for everyone who is uh, staying with us on this journey. And for those of you who need a bit of a break, we completely understand. And we hope that you will come back to us whenever you're ready. So follow me on Twitter if you like, but please just continue your support of Southside Trap Podcast, a podcast that helps you stay outside with the Chicago Red Stars. And you can do that on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Southside Trap Pod with one letter P. You can find us on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify. So go ahead and give us a like, give us a subscribe, uh, you know, leave us a little rating or review. All that stuff helps us out tremendously when we're trying to produce Chicago Red Stars content for you all. And uh, everyone, be safe, wash your hands, wash your face, wash everything, and uh, we'll be back soon for you all.